I'm looking around. I'm reading preseason magazine material about college football, and it kind of feels like I'm missing something. Freezing temperatures are likely for several hours inland and a few hours closer to the coast. Yes. You are Locked On Auburn, your daily podcast on the Auburn Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, welcome on into Locked On Auburn, your daily Auburn Tigers podcast. I'm your host, Zach Blackerby. And thank you so much for making Locked On Auburn your first listen every single day. The everydayers know that it is a Charlie Tuesday, meaning we are joined and celebrating with Auburn message board legend, Charlie Five. And I want to talk about, in a second, we're going to talk about how Hugh Freeze has built the 2023 roster? Is it sustainable? What's the plan moving forward? But first things first, Charlie Five, it's magazine season. And so folks at Lindy Sports and Athlon, Phil Still will put his out in a little bit. You know, folks guessing and projecting, you know, what could happen this season. And they're all putting out rankings and polls and, and things like that. And looking at the cornerback lists and looking at Folks, you know, whether it's individual or team, there's no DJ James to be found. And Auburn's defensive backroom is just being disrespected every time one of these magazines is printed, Charlie Five. So my question to you, when we look at these corners and specifically DJ James, are we missing something? Is it is it so much so that it's being disrespected, or is is the defensive back uh is this defensive back class or whatever just incredibly deep I, I i don't know it it seems to me it would be really tough to leave a uh, projected first round pick off of any list uh but uh i i don't get it I, I and i'm trying to take my i'm trying to take my orange and blue glasses off but um i mean the, the proof is there he he's projected to be a first round pick he was yep. had an unbelievable season last year uh, I, I'm, I'm, I'm with you. I'm kind of speechless on that. The crazy thing about this is so many of these lists, right? Because I mean, we, what we talk about is Auburn and we watch every single tape of Auburn that we possibly can. Cause that's doable. It's one team, these national folks, even conference wide, like you're kind of limited on how much you can consume. So a lot of these folks lean on pro football focus number. So usually if you're a PFF darling and you rate highly on that, you get a bump in all of these lists. We saw Tank Bigsby get that a year ago, and obviously Tank is good, but all these folks didn't watch every snap Tank played. They leaned on you know analytics. DJ James is loved by Pro Football Focus, and so like, I don't understand. I don't understand where he is on these lists. It doesn't make any sense to me. Sometimes I wonder if they are projecting the success that they feel like a total defense is going to have sure uh, for a whole year and, and and then kind of backtracking and looking at last year and what we're bringing back and and just thinking maybe hey they're going to have trouble still rushing the passer they don't really have a proven pass rusher yeah uh could they are they going to get picked apart is, is DJ James going to be picked on kind of, I I don't know if that ha- that probably has to have something to do with uh, to do with it. But other than that, I, I'm drawing blanks. I, yeah. And, and I hate that because I don't think that's how you should rank corners. I think the stats will rank themselves when it comes to that, as far as like, well, the defensive ends aren't going to be able to generate a pass rush. They're going to have to fend longer. Therefore they're worse statistically. But I think in preseason rankings, you shouldn't do that. I think you should rank who you think the best corner is and put them up high. Um, or who the best, you know, wide receiver? Like, don't fault a wide receiver in preseason rankings because of the quarterback play. Like, 
That's just, I don't get it. I don't get it, Charlie Five, but I think that's what we're going to see because, look, when, when you look through all of these, um, and I spent some time reading the Lindy's one today, so give them some pub. Robbie Ashford's on the front cover, if that's your sort of thing. Very oh, wow. cool. Very cool. Love that. The nod to Robbie. But I think I think Auburn's getting overlooked everywhere. I mean, they're getting very little love in these publications as far as you know what Hugh Freeze has done in the transfer portal. The offensive line is getting very little love. And Lindy specifically is picking Auburn to finish second to last in the SEC West, only ahead of Mississippi State. I think Athlon actually has Auburn picked to finish last in the SEC West behind Mississippi State. But, I mean, they're nowhere to be seen in anything. Like, usually usually the defensive line is thrown a bone or the defensive backfield is thrown a bone. But, I mean, this Auburn team, and there's a chance they're right, but the way I'm sitting on this right now is like they're being totally, totally overlooked. Yeah, I mean, I'm just looking at cornerback rankings for like early projections of for the the NFL draft, the 2024 NFL draft, and believe it or not, Auburn has two uh, dudes on the board in the top six uh, with DJ and Nehemiah Pritchett. So NFL scouts really like Nehemiah Pritchett because the Senior Bowl folks really like Nehemiah Pritchett. That's true. To, I mean, there there is some of that. There's a little bit of the uh, you know south the mobile draw connection, uh, you know, kind of from that area. But uh, but you know, he had a really good. It was either freshman or sophomore year where he was like a, a, a PFF darling. Um, I think he was like in the top five in the country in like yards per catch allowed or something like that, or yards per attempt allowed. Yeah. Uh, I I don't know. I, again, a lot of this is a lot of this is sort of um, what have you done for me lately? I got mm-hmm. a little bit of you know. I mean, if you're from the outside looking in, Auburn is a is is a wreck. Like you took sure. over an absolute wreck. So, like, what can they really do to improve? I mean, it would take a monumental effort to improve what you saw last year because we looked hapless in in multiple games. Uh, like we didn't even belong on the field with a lot of people. So you throw that in. Like, how much imp- uh, how much improvement can you actually make? I-, I can see some of it from a if I'm not watching this every single day and yeah. I don't analyze who left and who came in. I'm just sort of looking at it from from you know uh, ten thousand feet. I, I-, I kind of get it, but well, uh, c- can I push back on that real quick? Sure. And-, and I think you're going to agree with me, but I'm I'm just going to say it to say it. I think there's two things I'm going to push back on. The first is, I think if you look at it from you know, a 30,000-foot view looking down at this, you see, okay, well, Hugh Freeze has added 20-plus dudes via the transfer portal. And, and then if you count JUCO guys coming in, that number gets a little bit higher. And that's almost seen as like a whatever thing when you talk about Auburn. But the national media talking about what Colorado's done, it's an awesome thing. You know mm. what I mean? Like, So there's a double standard there, right? I don't, think that's, I don't think that's unfair to say. And then the other thing, it's not like Auburn. I mean, Auburn had a really bad coach for two years, one and a half seasons. But in the past, when we've seen that, like, there's been a situation where there was no hope to end the season. And there would have been if Harson would have stayed the entire two years. But there was just such a national story about what Cadillac did to this fan base to inject it with hope and passion. And a lot of guys stuck around because of that, we're learning. And so it's not like it's not like there was this fan base in this locker room that was decimated. It just wasn't being used well. 
And sure. so I, I, I don't think it's something where they've got to totally rebuild. And now obviously he's added 40 something dudes. And we'll talk about that in a second. Like there's a rebuild in that sense, but there's also a lot of dudes that chose to leave as far as, sure. and then were processed. And so I don't think, I just think there's some double standards going on that yeah. we're just all choosing collectively to ignore. There, there's a big double standard, uh, going on for sure with the Dion aspect and making everything that he does, you know, is great, whatever. But I just wonder, and I think we're going to talk about this a little bit later, but I just wonder how much real football people value transfer portal additions in, in, in large numbers. Like how much they loved that, it with Lane Kiffin last year. They loved it. I guess he is the port. He is the portal King is, but again, is that Lane Kiffin? Is that the, is that the Lane Kiffin effect? Is that some, similar to something like, like Dion? Is it, is it a media, you know, sensation type thing? Or is it, is it just, is it legit? I, 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 I don't know. I, I'm, I'm, I'm still curious on how, and Auburn wasn't flashy with it, right? They didn't go out and get, you know, a Heisman contender at quarterback. I think they went out and got a solid D1 P5 right. quarterback. Right. They got a bunch of dudes in the trenches, and they got a bunch of role players that make the roster better. Like, they, they didn't, you know, get these, you know. Your rah-rah Thomas and your, right. your five-star. Like, they didn't go get the, the blockbuster guys, they, but, they, but they improved at every single position. So Right. Right. What? Where's the value? Where? I, I guess that's where we're missing that that big time value. We're not really breaking it down from a roster standpoint, position group standpoint. Mm -hmm. It's just uh, I, I don't know. I I, I do think that there's a, there's a little bit of bias, and then I, I wonder about the value that people put on uh, like big number numerous portal additions. Yeah, and I, I love it. I think this is better for Auburn to not be hyped up because where we like to be. Um. Yeah. That's right. That's right. Us against the world, baby. But yeah, is what Hugh Freeze has done so far this offseason, is it sustainable? We discuss next right here on Locked on Auburn. Today's show brought to you by our friends at FanDuel. It is the best place to wager on all of your sports betting action. Auburn's still at six and a half wins. And so if you look at Athlon or you look at Lindy Sports and you're saying, no, Auburn's going to finish better than sixth or seventh in the SEC West because they're going to win more than six and a half games. You need to head over to fanduel.com slash locked on. And when you do that, you get a no sweat first bet up to $2,500. Question, Charlie, five is $2,500 a lot of money. It is. If it's it not is. a no sweat. Can you imagine sweating? You could throw <laughs> down 2500 and not sweat at all at FanDuel. How fun is that? Sounds amazing. I'm I about to go it. jump on this over total. Uh, for sure. So be sure to do that. Once again, FanDuel.com slash locked on. No sweat first bet up to $2,500. FanDuel, the official sports betting partner of the NBA. Charlie Five celebrating a little Charlie Tuesday action with us today. So Hugh Freeze, 20-plus guys via the transfer portal, adding... Was it 22 guys in the 2023 class? So it's 42 newcomers, 42 guys uh, that were not on, on the roster in December are now on the roster heading into summer, which is incredible, which is something that we really haven't seen before. And, you know, I asked Jason Jones this when he hopped on the show a few weeks ago, and he's like, you know, I haven't really thought about that, but that's that's a lot of folks. I'm going to have to meet <laughs> a lot of folks. And it's like, yeah, yeah, dude, yeah, you get on it for sure. So 
is this sustainable? Like, what does this look like even next year? I mean, we talked about you got to hit the reset button and you got to fill a lot of things, you know, with parts of the roster that you weren't happy with. But it's a nice mix when you talk about the transfers because a lot of these guys are done after this season. Right. So you're going to be able to, you're going to have to reload there. And then it's a nice mix of guys that have two or three years left of eligibility. So is what he's done sustainable or should it be something that we think will be a lot less of next year? So it's got, it's kind of like we're, we're sort of in a, a bind. Okay. We're in a bind where I don't think it's ideal to want to add 20 new guys in the portal every single year. 40 new guys every single year. You can't obviously do that without losing people, which is which is one thing that's overlooked is you're losing a lot of guys right. uh, to add these dudes as well, which is obviously not ideal. But when you couple the two uh, one-and-a-half or whatever recruiting classes that, that Harson had where very few of those players are actually still on the team, it's like you almost just did not recruit for a couple of seasons. Uh you, we have no choice at this mo- at this point in time. But it, I don't know that if, if we don't start weaning ourselves off of it, so to speak. Uh, start what? Weaning, weaning ourselves off of it, where it's Got like it. you know, instead of twenty, maybe we're sort of working our way back down to where Auburn may not ever be a school that that's that's going to you know recruit in the you know top five, uh, but it may be. Uh, you know, and you can just add all high school guys and maybe two or three portal guys to finish out your class, like a Georgia, Alabama. Auburn may never be uh, that that level, and, and we may not necessarily have to be. That may not necessarily be the formula for success for Auburn. But I do think eventually, you know, it may take three seasons, three four seasons, to where you're where you're you get down to where maybe it's a you know a 10, 10, 8 to twelve player. Uh, mm-hmm. from the portal deal where it's it's a plug and play uh type situation um but yeah it, it's hard to imagine like just think about this think about think about how hard it is to sign 22 high school kids think about that the stress that that has to put on you and your staff and the time uh, in hours in the day and now you're having to add uh 20 uh portal guys on top of that like in a extremely condensed amount of time like it's got to be supposedly it, it, yeah there that you <laughs> suppose yeah like the the huge like a huge well, one human I, I just feel like eventually is can't can't do that anymore like you can't just keep that that pace up um and then and on top of that is you spend so much we've spent so you spend so much time in this uh the winter in the spring portal thick uh that you sort of you can't just you somebody's got to be dedicated to the portal you 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 may be losing some traction on on high school so you maybe once the spring portal's over maybe you got a, a ton of catching up to do it just seems like it's a it's a we're in a very very bad situation that I'm so excited about who is leading us at through this but there's got got to come a point in time and, and we still got to, you know, still got some time, but there, there's going to come a point in time where we have to be able to back down a little bit off of this vast number of, of new incoming players. Yeah. And I think over time we'll figure that out. Right. But it's yeah. going to be a minute till, you know, all the freshmen that he brought in in this class that are, you know, a lot of them just enrolled. 
like outside of the the three that went through spring and Jeremiah Cobb, like which freshman from this class do you think is going to be like next to to play? Like the rest of them are going to need a second. Sure. And sure. so I and you didn't recruit well enough ahead of that. So I th- I think it's going to I think it's going to look similar next year too. Charlie I, Five, I, I really do. I think I, I absolutely agree. I don't think you have an option. I think, I think it's either be, after that because, and you can tell that they're working on this 2025 class already. Yes. And, and I, I think they kind of know like, okay, you may take 25 dudes in 20, 25 and 25. Let's put it on a t-shirt. But I think, <laughs> I think that's going to be the cycle where it's probably more high school kids slash Juco kids than transfer portal. But I bet it's similar. It may not be 42 new players, but if you told me it was 35 new players going into next season, I'd believe you. Oh, yeah, 100%. And, you know, if if you know if we can have some success, uh, you know, if we can get to that 7, 8, 9 win game mark this year, it's going to make uh, – I, I, th- I still think there's going to be a lot of show-me type stuff to take a little, um, take yeah. a little bit from the, the last regime. There's going to be some show-me about this this thing, but I, I actually think Hugh Freeze can actually back it up. Uh, and if if we can show the show the kids, I think we're the the portal the portal part will will be maybe possibly be done a little bit earlier. Where it's not where you know we got a quarterback, uh, we already have a quarterback, uh, and you can sort of get the ball rolling quickly on, on the winter portal and not necessarily let it drag into the spring. But I do think you're right. I think you're going to be somewhere in the neighborhood of 15, 15 to 20 guys again, uh, probably just replacing a lot of these one and dones that, that we, that we had. And, and, you know, we're going to have to have some plug and play, probably some more offensive line, uh, you know, and just kind of, but hopefully eventually start to kind of just draw back a little by little. And maybe by year three or four, we can be more in that, you know, maybe 25, 10 to 12, uh, mm-hmm. um, 25 high school, 10 to 12, um, you know, from the portal kind of thing. Yeah. And I think as far as, you know, in the media future, there's two position groups that they need to get out of the high school level, just because I'd rather have them out of the high school level and be developed than rely on the portal. And I want to share yes. what those two positions are in a second and get your thoughts on that as well. Coming up right here on locked on Auburn. I want to encourage you to join the locked on Auburn discord. It is free. All you have to do is click the link in the episode description down below. I believe recruiting at the high school level right now, there needs to be an emphasis on wide receiver and offensive line, like you said, because I think those are the two positions that you want to be the most homegrown, especially with you freeze being an offensive coach. I think all that's going to be super, super important. I feel more comfortable going to the portal um, for almost every other position than those two like I, I and I always just think corner is going to work itself out at Auburn uh, as long as Zach Gethridge is here but we've seen them be able to go through the portal at linebacker and a defensive line and we feel good about that we feel okay about that same with tight end and I think running back is always going to work itself out as well and so to me it's all about can you get these offensive linemen and these wide receivers positions where you play multiple guys every single snap you need to start developing those guys out of high school. And so they've done it somewhat at offensive line, but we haven't really seen Auburn go out and get that elite wide receiver out of high school yet. And uh, we're all looking at you, Cam Coleman. Yeah. If I was, if I was managing the, whatever you call the, uh, 
you can't call it the salary cap, but you know, you know what I'm saying? Like if you, if you're lo- looking at allocating NIL funds, like I feel yeah. like I, I personally think you add defensive line in there. I know we've, we've lucked up with guys like Jason Jones and Justin Rogers, mm-hmm. but like after that, what do we have? You know, we're, we're not very, I think they feel really good about Mosiah. Sure. Sure. But like, I, I still think you want to be able to build those guys yeah. You want to be able to build those guys from the high school ranks, your your defensive linemen, your offensive linemen, and then I agree with wide receivers. And, sure. and this is the reason why, because those good ones in the portal cost a lot of money. You good know point. what I mean? The, the, those good ones everybody wants. So go you you get your homegrown guys that you can build and you can you can mold to the to the ones you want. I, you just I, give I'm them scared. a raise instead of giving them a brand new contract type thing. Exactly. So you're going. Sure defensive line, offensive line, and wide receiver. And like you said, I'm really hoping, uh, you know, I think Cam Coleman possibly comes in on an official visit soon. There could not be a scheduled one. What's that? I I know he scheduled one. I don't remember. Yeah, I think it's in June. I think it's in June. Uh, But I I just – that's a monumental type guy that can really, really change the the sort of the the narrative – and the, the you know trajectory of offensive recruiting uh, moving forward. Um, June twelfth through the fourteenth, according to yeah. Jeffrey Lee of on. That's a big weekend, I think. From from what I from a lot of I'm folks saying, coming in, yeah, big big. We we've had a couple of big visitors this past week, and June's a big month. June is a big catch up month for us uh, from for all the time that we spent in the portal, uh, and I hopefully we can start getting the ball rolling and get some momentum back here pretty soon. So I kind of thought we were behind as far as like total commits, but I was looking at, I mean, Alabama and Georgia, they're like an exception, but as far as like other folks that finished high, like A&M's historic class a few years ago, like they only had like three or four committed at this time of the year. Like a lot happens in June and July and August. So if Bobber doesn't have 10 dudes around 10 guys at that point, then maybe we can panic. But these next few weeks... And look, I mean, let's rewind to where we were a year ago, where we thought we were kind of putting some effort into recruiting, and we got all these dudes on campus. We're like, sweet, this is great. Here we go. And all these guys were taking officials and unofficials, and we had all these guys on campus, and it's like, no one's committing. No one's committing. That that can't happen this year. We're going to have to have guys pull the trigger and commit, and you can kind of get the ball rolling because it kind of feels like, kind of feels like once we get one or two Charlie Five, all of a sudden, you know a big chunk of the class is going to kind of take shape. Even if it's got to be, and this is a bad term, but even if it's got to be some low-hanging fruit, you know, guys that maybe not be quite as highly rated but want to get on board, maybe you go ahead and take some of those guys. Uh, I can think of a few that, you know, I could pop, you know, I don't want to throw their names out there because I because I value, all, all, you know, anybody that commits. But I don't want to be like, hey, you're not as high on the list. Yeah. You, know what, you know what I'm saying. Sure. But – uh. But yeah, maybe you go ahead and get some of those in and, and get the ball rolling. Um, and and maybe you'll see that over the next couple of weeks. Right. Yep. Yep. So, like you said, June's going to be a huge month. And of course, every time there's a commit, we will have you covered. And Thursday, our lockdown recruiting expert, Brian Smith, is going to join us to talk about some of the officials that are happening this weekend and next weekend. So, you don't want to miss that. Charlie Five, how can people check out everything that you've got going on right now this second? and moment in time absolutely find me on 
Twitter at the underscore Charlie underscore five. Right. Uh, you can find me in the Locked On Auburn Discord nearly every single day. Right. AuburnLive.com, the message board right. uh, on on three uh, or uh, weekly on the Dad Bod Golf Pod. That's right. That's right. The very handsome and informative man himself. You can find all my written work at AuburnDaily.com. And we will see you tomorrow as Daryl Daprich will join me. We will talk about the games that we want to see on Auburn's 2024 schedule the most. Would love your feedback on that. That'll be tomorrow right here on Locked on Auburn.